welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This episode is a conversation with the U.S. Road National Champion, Alex Howes. Alex has had a long and very successful career in the world tour and uh, is just, he's also really funny and it was just a really great conversation. So we are tremendously appreciative of Alex spending a little bit of time with us. He caught up with us from his home in Colorado. He has a little short break um, in his racing schedule this year. Uh, and he's also a new dad, so we got to talk about that too. So congratulations, Alex. Uh, once again, thanks for spending some time with us. We think that you'll all really, really enjoy this chat and getting to know him a little bit. Um, we also dig into how that 2019 uh, road championship race went uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, it's it's crazy. You need to check out the YouTube video of that. Uh, it's a tremendous comeback. The announcers are writing him off as it's, as it's playing out, uh, and he comes back and wins it. So it's a real... Uh, lesson in not giving up when you're in the middle of something and it's not over till it's over. So um, definitely go into YouTube and check out the 2019 uh, Men's Road Championship in the U.S. That was in Knoxville. Um, it's uh, super fun to watch. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company. So Tyler and I have both been riding their 6061 all-road bike this spring and it's just awesome. It's got, you can get it with 700C or 650B wheels. Um, for just another $399, you get both pairs. It's just ridiculous value. They've got them back in stock right now. You should check them out at statebicycle.com. They also have a, a even less expensive steel version of the bike, which obviously is heavier, but it's still crazy value and it gets you out on the gravel and able to explore in a whole bunch of different ways. Amazing bike for the road, gravel, uh, getting just getting around, um, and certainly for bike packing too, it would be a great fit. So check them out at statebicycle.com. They've got a whole bunch of other cool gear and apparel there too. The podcast is also brought to you this week by The Black Bibs. The Black Bibs is home to unbranded and affordable cycling apparel, and they're now legendary $40 bib shorts. Plus, they've also got ultralight jerseys. I saw that they just released some socks too. All of that stuff is great value. So if you need like a, a light vest or a winter jersey, check them out at theblackbibs.com. Um, again, it, it's it's been completely unbelievable uh, riding around in these bibs, uh, how much they cost compared to other bibs that I've had to spend three times as much money on to get that kind of quality. Uh, lastly, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Richie Design. So Richie builds in addition to bikes, a whole bunch of very, very cool components. So they are the master of all things dirt. Check them out at richielogic.com to find out for yourself. So richielogic.com, stems, bars, handlebars, um, seat posts, seats, saddles, wheels, whatever you need, they do all of that stuff. I had a pair, my first pair of mountain bike pedals were from Richie uh, a long time ago, and I bet they still work there in my garage somewhere. So check those guys out. Thank you to Alex House for spending some time with us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you everybody for listening. As we always say, the best and easiest way for you to support the podcast is just simply to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you find it. So hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. Uh, always love to hear from you. Reach out to us at adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and on to Alex House. Um, yeah, well, good to see you, buddy. Uh, yeah, um, it was great to see you on uh, TV a couple weeks ago there in Flesh Malone. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it could have gone better, but, you know, 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, way, way to stay cool in the pocket and ride that uh, that uh, that spare bike and you know, just figure it out. You know, the, can you? That was yeah. the first time I ever rode one of those. Yeah. So yeah, so, Pete. I don't know if you saw it, but like, but Alex I was in flesh alone in the breakaway and uh, had a had a bike problem, and um, they had only had one team car. The team car was behind the uh, the main peloton, so we had to get a spare bike from. Was that Shimano? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because they've because they've neutralized a lot of that support, right? Like where it's generic now, right? Uh, not really, but I mean. Usually we'd have two team cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. It was like always, always neutral service, you know, in case something out of the blue happens, which happened. But I don't know. It worked out fine. Got to ride a different bike. Got to realize that I really like my bike. <laughs> you know, it was a great opportunity to, you know, be grateful for what you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but hey, you did well, and you know to be in the breakaway and flush alone, it means uh, you know the form's got to be pretty good, and so I think you should be pretty satisfied with that. You know, I mean, you guys you guys had a had a good day out there in the the break. How many guys were in there? Oh, I don't know, maybe seven. Yeah, six, six, seven, something like that. Um, I don't know. That race is so dangerous, man. Like I don't know if you remember doing it, but man, there's yeah. always so many crashes in that one and i don't know i wasn't really planning on being in the break but as soon as i was in there i was like man this is the best way to get to liege yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah for sure, like, for sure just survive flesh and then uh, you know get onto the big one yeah so. i always remembered flesh being really just stressful yeah like like you said a lot of crashes and yeah hard to position but uh but yeah hey alex thanks for coming on and we appreciate it um Started so early on a Monday morning. Oh, that's um, great. But I'm been sure you've been up since five. I'm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I figured. That's what yeah. I figured. Uh, but I don't know. It would be, it'd be great for you to uh, kind of share a little bit of how you, you know, I knew you grew up in Golden and you're a Colorado boy and kind of how you got into cycling. And, you know, I think you, I know your story, but I think um, a lot of the listeners would really enjoy that. Uh, well, why don't you tell my story then, Tyler? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to, I'm happy to. <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, grew up in Colorado here, Golden, Colorado. Um, currently living up in Nederland, Colorado, up where it snows too much. Yeah. Um, mountain biking's great up here in the summer, but not so much in the spring. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I started riding just because, you know, my dad was into it. Um, he used to race quite a bit. Still gets out there and beats himself up a little bit after work every day but he's slowing down a little bit um and yeah i, I don't know i just kind of fell into it and really enjoyed it uh i was a pretty competitive little kid but i was not very big when i was a kid uh so you know thanks to the power of you know watts per kilo and strength to weight ratios cycling worked out pretty well for me uh and it was an avenue where i could be competitive and kick butt but you know, not get my uh, neck snapped off by the football guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just really liked it, and then eventually, kind of fell into you know after some pestering, got linked up with JV, and um, yeah, we had the junior development fifty two eighty team, which turned into TIAA Craft, which turned into 
Chipotle, Slipstream Sports, which turned into Garmin to Cannondale to EF. And, you know, here I am. Wow. A decade and a half later, still, uh, still racing for the man. That's great. So <laughs> around, around 15 years with uh, Jonathan, Jonathan's teams. Something oh like man, that. Now, now that I'm doing the math, it's more like uh, shit. I feel bad saying this, but I feel weird saying it. 18 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's inc- that's incredible. It's a long time. Yeah. Good for you. And and so yeah, what's that been like? So you started on the junior team and kind of just worked your way up through the ranks. I remember, you know, I remember you when you were a junior. You know, riding around Boulder in your small jersey with it, you know, arms fla- flapping because you were so skinny. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, arm arm sleeve flapping, and yeah, uh, eventually I cut those sleeves off just to you know <laughs> for aerodynamics. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, it's been it's been a heck of a ride. Um, it's been yeah, like just sort of worked my way up through the whole through the ranks there. Had one gap year in there where uh, you know the team kind of grew faster than um, I was ready for. Uh, you know, I was pro youngest pro continental rider in the world. And what was that? Wow. 2007. Um, and then 2008 slipstream made a big jump. Uh, you know, they signed like Zabriskie and Miller and Vandeveld and, you know, a number of bigger riders and they were, you know, looking to do the tour to France. So they say an opp- yeah. saw an opportunity to do the tour that year. And, uh, you know, meanwhile I was, you know, sitting there popping pimples on my face, like barely able to get out of my own way in a professional race. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm <laughs> not ready for that jump just yet. Um, so I signed on with VC La Palme Marseille in France and, uh, did a year with them. Um, and that was, that was pretty tough, uh, more mentally than anything. Like I, I was, you know, a stupid kid when I was there, spoke like six words of French and just like, totally got my ass kicked from a culture standpoint and a racing standpoint and like a life standpoint, you know, like pretty much just figured out how to make pasta at that point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and then to just completely move countries and, you know, be living solo and trying to do that whole thing while trying to race. It was, it was definitely a big jump. Um, and you know, I wouldn't say I did it great, but you know, I did it. And I came back, I, I came out of it a lot better than I went into it. So it's definitely pretty formative in my, my cycling career. And I think it was somewhere around there when you were riding around Boulder, Tyler, with Rock Racing. That's right. We, That's right. We, We'd link we, up on some training rides. Yeah. yeah, we linked up on some training rides. I got beat up by you and Baldwin and TJ a number of times. That's uh, right. So yeah, between VC La Palme, Marseille, I'm getting my ass kicked by you and Baldwin. <laughs> You know, turned into a, turned into a professional racer. That's great. Yeah, and now you're. I mean, now you're. I mean, like, do you consider yourself a veteran? I mean, you're uh, in your young thirties. Whether or not I consider myself a veteran or not, I am a veteran. Um, yeah. Mainly just because, like, the age of cycling, like professional racers, seems to be going down. I mean, it's a, it's turning into a young man sport. You know, I think the days when you're at your absolute best in your, you know, early thirties, you know, those, those are kind of gone. Um, it's, you know, pretty high pressure, you know, pretty dangerous, you know, racing a lot of times anymore, but I've been around the block a number of times and 
have some advice for the young whippersnappers and yeah, still have some legs. So I still enjoy yeah, getting out there and great. beating up on myself. How yeah, early on when you found cycling, did you, did you know you were going to try and make it a career? Like at what age? Um, you know, I was, I was so young when I got into it that like, it was, it was okay to dream about doing it, you know, professionally. Like, and I, and you know, I got, I got really good grades in school and everything and, yeah, put, put a lot of effort into to school and education. And, and so like, for me to be running around thinking like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to be a professional someday. You know, it wasn't something where my parents are like, you know, shut up, get off your bike, get in the classroom. You know, so they're like, yeah, right. you know, if you want to have fun doing that and not smoke crack uh, and get good grades, that sounds great. So keep it up, sport. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how it was. And then, you know, when I was 18, uh, you know, I, I enrolled in college um, in classes at CU Boulder. And, uh, and then that's, I, I enrolled in the spring and then that summer, um, you know, I, I signed a pro contract for the next year. So I kind of had everything in my, in my pocket all at once. And I was like, well, I'm going to school, but I have a pro contract and, um, really decided then, I guess when I was 18, that I, I wanted to give the professional thing a, a, a real go. Uh, you know, mostly because, you know. In theory, you can always go back to school. I don't know if that's the case now that I've whacked my head like thirty times, um, and yeah. I don't I don't sleep anymore because I have a child. Uh, I don't, <laughs> that's a factor. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't I don't know how I would you know sit down and go to school for four years right now. Uh, not to say it's impossible, but you know at the time it was like oh you can always go back to school, but you know you never know when. You know, like this is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to try the be a professional athlete um so it was at that time that i really you know latched onto that with both hands and um i can't say my my grades are great that that semester in college because i only did one semester i was already i already had two feet out the door really but couldn't get my money back for school so i was like well i guess i'll go uh and then uh yeah then full gas on the racing scene from there on out that's awesome uh, speaking about uh, hitting your head, I, I saw. So this spring you were right. So you did what? Your, a big spring trip over in Europe, and I saw what? And uh, was it Strada Bianchi? You went down, and man, you'd, you hit your head yeah. pretty good, or the side of your head, your face. Yeah, you, I didn't really. You all right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't really get much impact there. Oh, good. Um, it was it was really more of a drag. Okay. Um, yeah, it was my face was pretty chewed up. It's unbelievable how well the the face will heal, though. I mean, it's it's crazy. It was like a couple of weeks later, and like you can, yeah. I don't know if you know people listening to the podcast can't see this, but uh, you know we're talking face to face on Skype right now, and I'm super handsome, so I don't think anybody should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody should notes. worry about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, yeah, it's kind of the nature of the beast when you're racing on, you know, Ground. hard hard well just racing on roads like they're very unforgiving you know if you oh, fall yeah. off your bike um yeah. you know it doesn't take much to to ring your bell and uh you know i can't say i've hit my head a ton but it's definitely more than i would like yeah so yeah yeah Same yeah here. and Same we know here. so much more about that now too it doesn't you don't need to do it a bunch of times to, to no, be worried no, about no. it right yeah no you should always be paranoid about most things like that you know so, yeah yeah just 
Um, hey, well, I, I, uh, I share with Pete your national championship win in 2019. Uh, there's a video out there. and it, Man, that was the, one of the coolest finishes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was so exciting. And you, it's crazy. You, I don't know. I'd just love to maybe talk a little bit about that, that race. You know, you had been trying to win that thing for, I don't know, five, six, seven years and come really, really close. Oof. And then, you know, Knoxville 2019, and it was just a drag race and just a suffer fest. And you never gave up. You never gave up. And, you know, to come around that guy, Steven, um, camera bassett or something yeah bassett uh, yeah bassett yeah uh right in the final whatever 300 meters was an incredible incredible and in like at like yeah. the 12 minute mark of that video the commentators are already saying how yeah. sad it is that you're not going to win again yes it's yes. crazy it's yeah. what a comeback yeah 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 i mean nationals it was... it's a terrible race i mean yeah <laughs> it's awful like you know you know it's like racing tyler it's it's you know you spend all year racing in europe and you know every everything kind of i mean racing in europe super hard but it makes yeah. sense a lot of times like you know there's there's a mathematical formula and like if you can solve the equation like you can figure out how to win uh but nationals i mean it the that none of nothing makes sense. There's no math. There's no mathematical equation to that race. Yeah. Um, you know, it's world tour riders racing against domestic riders and pro continental teams with, you know, 15 riders on their squad and, you know, everything that seems like nobody has any logic or rationale to what they're doing a lot of times. And, um, you know, that, that I've been trying to win that race for like 10 years 10 and years. Yeah. like, yeah, just showing up to it with my with my calculator every year, like, okay, this is how I'm gonna do it. And then 2019, I was like, fuck it, like I'm just gonna just, I don't care, like I just, I don't care. First of all, I've I've lost so many times, I don't care if I lose again. And second of all, like let's just race it like junior race, like a junior race, because that's basically what it is. So I, I went with like like four laps into the thing, and just decided I was gonna race it from the front, which tactically just is the dumbest thing you could do like i think i did probably did twice the work that you know almost everybody in that race did but my rationale was like every time you get caught behind the nationals like you just have 30 people sitting on your wheel um and that hill's really not short enough or long enough to to bridge a significant gap so it was like well i'll just race it from the front and you know just basically race it like you know, if my if my wife's grandfather was giving me advice on how to like race, it's like just stay, just like win the whole time, and then just you'll go win at faster the end. than everybody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> just make sure your front wheels in front of everybody else the whole time, and then eventually you'll just and then you'll cross the finish line, and then you'll win. So that's yeah. kind of what I did, uh, and it didn't work out super great there towards the end because I was, I mean, I was cramping for the last three hours. Like I was messed up. Um, but, you know, with with only three guys, you know, me and two others there, it's like I told myself, you know, it, it, this is true. Like, I've never lost a three-up sprint. I've lost a two-up sprint. I've lost a four-up sprint. But I've never lost a three-up sprint. And so in my head, I was like, I can't lose. Like, there's no way I can lose. You know, even if I'm dropped, I can't lose. And so, like, 
just keep pedaling, just keep pedaling, and just keep fighting. It's like it's not over till it's over. Um, but yeah, that race really jacked me up. Like I, I couldn't really walk right for like a week. Like I, <laughs> my legs were so toast. Like I've never had cramps like that in my life, and just like keep pedaling. And I mean, yeah, the next day I was just like visibly inflamed. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> like my knees are all messed up. Like oh, everything was messed up, but. Hey, who cares? You know, got the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> did you have yeah. a radio at the end? Uh, like, no. For the because okay, because like tactically, like that looked incredibly stressful. So, like, what's going on in your mind? As because you know the guy in the front, I can't remember his name, but he was slowing down and just kind of peeling off to the side and like daring you to go. And but in the meantime, the 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 chase group is like they're not that far back, right? So you have to be thinking about that too. Yeah, I mean the. The reality was is that like we worked pretty well together up until that little that little bit where I got dropped, um, and like you know none of us were missing turns or anything. So up until that point, we were going as fast as we could go. Um, and then after I got dropped, it was like, well, I mean, I'd love to go faster, but the reality is is I just couldn't. You know, it's like like we need to go like. If we get caught, we get caught, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But like, if I'm if I'm gonna have to pull it all, really, like I'm I'm toast. So, um, and the other thing too is like, I knew they were coming. Like I think we all knew they were coming, but I didn't realize how close they were. But it didn't really matter. I, I mean, I think the TV also kind of made it look tighter than it was for a while because initially, like we had a pretty solid gap. Um, and then they weren't, they didn't really close until we were really horsing around. Um, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> worked how, out fine. How long was it just the three you guys? For how, uh, how many miles? Yeah. It's like, I want to say it was like two laps or something like that. Two, okay. A couple laps. Um, so yeah, maybe, well, I don't know. What's that? Maybe 15 miles or something like that. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. But. And then Nielsen attacked, and then uh, Steve kind of Steve jumped you, caught you by surprise, and you got that gap. How long do you think you were chasing those two ahead? It was so, so exciting. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe like a mile minutes. and a half, two miles, okay. something like that. Okay. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't too yeah. long, but like I mean, Nielsen made the move at five k to go, which you know, if we go back to our our calculus sheet, like that's the move he's gonna make, you know, and like that one we. I knew that was coming, you know, 10 miles away. Yeah. And my thought was, all right, he's going to go. Like, I got to play cool. Like, if he can just ride away with this, then, you know, good for him. But I don't think he can. Yeah. Um, and my, my thought was like, all right, I'm going to make Bassett close it uh, and, you know, close it for me. And then, yeah. you know, I, I, I thought that I was the weakest of the three. And I was thinking like, all right, if I can start closing that gap a little bit by, you know, forcing them to do some stuff and chase each other around. That'll work out great for me. Um, but it didn't work out great when I got my ass dropped. So, and then I was all alone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah. You're probably, you're probably never less than what? 10 seconds behind five to 10 seconds maximum. Um, but you know, I don't just, know how, how, yeah. What the time gap was, but it, I mean, on the road at one point, I was like, this is not good. You know, like it was, I mean, I was looking up the road and they were, you know, 
at least two, three hundred meters away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, pulling away. Yeah, as and well. he's with yeah, and he's with Nielsen Palace, world tour rider, great rider, yeah. great and a great time trialist as well. So right, exactly. You know, man, good so on you. That it didn't look so good, exciting. but yeah. <laughs> I mean, at one point I I said in my head I was like, oh fuck this, you know, and then it's like, well, you know. What else am I gonna do? Like, I might as well just hammer. It's not like you just sit up and cry, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, just yeah. just keep hammering and get third or whatever. It's just sure. But you know, you you've been hammering for four and a half hours already. Just you know, what's a little more bleeding? Yeah, and then so you cover that move. So in the final what, like, I don't know, final kilometer, you covered the move by Nielsen, and then immediately uh, Steve Steven attacked you, right? And you went after him, but he got a gap, right? And then, I don't yeah, know, you, went, you took a right turn, and then kind of it looked like you went up a little hill, short hill, and like that must have just been so painful, he, right? And, Bassett yeah. had a heck of a jump. Like, I couldn't oh, believe yeah. He's how, strong. how spunky he was. Like, it yeah. was crazy, because, like, I mean, almost any time somebody jumps like that, you know, I can I can really respond quite well to that. I mean, that's, that's a yeah. strength of mine as well. Yeah. Um, and both times he jumped, I mean, he just left me. Uh, but you know, when he, when he jumped that second time, that was still like a K to go almost. Okay. And it's like, what do you, you know, on one hand, you know, I was talking to Lachlan Morton about this and I was like, yeah, man, I just couldn't, couldn't go when he went and I tried, but I, you know, just couldn't, couldn't make the, close the gap there. And he's like, but you know, but I had like the stamina to keep going and sprint up the hill and make it all the way to the end. He's like, yeah, we well, probably couldn't close that gap. Because, you know, somewhere deep down inside, you knew it was just like way too early. Yeah. Because yeah, he basically started to sprint like a K out. Um, yeah. Had, had that all, had he waited, you know, maybe, and we'd basically just gone from the bottom of that hill, you know, mano a mano, which is basically how it goes on a, a gradient like that. Because I think that's like, you know, 12% or something. Like you're not really oh, getting wow. much, you're not getting much of a draft on that. Um, yeah. You know, if you'd waited till then, like, I don't know, it might have been a different story. But although then we might have all been caught, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> well, that's super exciting. And uh, yeah, it's it really fun to watch. I'd recommend anybody listening to go check it out. It's, I don't know, I don't know a better finish in, in bike racing than that. That was just a nail biter. And yeah, way to go. Way to go. So I assume you're getting, you know, that it's uh, what end of June is the national championship there. Yeah. In Knoxville? Okay. Yeah. Back, I assume back you'll be Knoxville. heading. You, you excited? <laughs> I mean, I suppose I'll go. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Like on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to win it again. But then on the other hand, it's kind of like, like that was a goal for so long. And then like finally sure. check it off the check it off the list it's like well you know it doesn't really have the same the same appeal you know it's like not not to say winning nationals is like landing on the moon but after you land on the moon you're like you know yeah we went there we kicked the golf ball around it's like maybe we should go to mars yeah yeah right? yeah. or yeah. stay on earth i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know we'll see like I, you know, yeah i i think with the count the way the calendar works out i'll be out there and um I, I don't know who's who's going for EF, uh, so that kind of changes things too a little bit, like whether yeah. or not how the, how the team dynamics will break down, and I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's national yeah. championships. It's like 
it's always a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So what else is on your schedule coming up? I, I, know you're, I think Man. you're doing some gravel, right? Honestly, I have no idea what what's going on at the moment. Okay. Um, I had my head like totally in the sand trying to get through the spring calendar. Uh, and yeah, I mean, bike racing is interesting right now because everybody watches it on the TV and everything seems like it's all good and gravy and, you know, fine. Um, and behind the scenes, it's like, it is such a mess with all the COVID stuff. And, um, I mean, inter- international travel is still brutal. You know, it's, we, we, we kind of have a false sense of security here in the U S where, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated and things are starting to open back up. But like, I mean, it's, it's still a mess over in Europe and, um, yeah, the, the, the calendar is just constantly in flux at the moment. Um, I mean, as a team, we're, we're really not planning much past really June. Um, so we'll see how it all breaks down. It, you know, as we get a little closer, like right now I'm, I'm taking a bit of a break. Nice. Um, you know, just trying to get things back together on the old homestead here. We've got a water heater that's leaking and we got a leak in the roof too. And you know, should probably be a father and a husband here as well. So all of that <laughs> adulting stuff needs yeah. to be done too, right? Yeah. I got to go to the damn dentist, you know, but try and get a few things uh, checked off the list here. But yeah, I mean, I think if things go the way I think they will, uh, I'll be at Unbound. Nice. Uh, nice. Here at the end of, uh, or at the beginning of June. Um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and you've be- had a, a third place finish there before, right? Well, it's third on the results page, but the thing is, is <laughs> they, there's nowhere to there's nowhere to protest your results, right? And I was actually fourth. Really? Uh, yeah, I crossed the line with Lachlan Morton, and you know I'm not going to consider myself like a big name sprinter, but there's a sprinter on the inside somewhere, and a sprinter always knows whether or not their wheel was in front or behind at the finish line. Mine was definitely behind, so I was fourth. But yeah, if you go if you go look at the historical record, it says third. So that's very that's big good. of you to admit. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> it's yeah, only. yeah. But I, I will also say, um, I won Old Man Winter Rally this year, but because of the GPS chip timing, Lachlan won. There so again, also, nowhere else to. <laughs> nowhere to protest the results it's the universe is just sorting things out between the (laughs) two of you somehow yeah 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 no it all works out in the end right so how's uh uh, how's lachlan doing he's good man he's doing his thing doing his typical lachlan stuff um he got out there he's over in europe right now he he started his season pretty late um he started an alps tour um yeah what was that last week more or less uh week and a half ago um but i mean he looked like he was riding great so so uh, hopefully he'll come back to join you for unbound yeah again we'll see what, how things work sure. out with sure with, all the, with the travel and stuff um, yeah i mean really the you want to minimize travel as much as you can but yeah we'll see i mean i hope he does yeah, yeah. you know i need him to tell me around for the last like 30 miles yeah <laughs> For sure. So when you started looking at doing like the alternative surfaces and stuff, did that come from the team? Did they come to you and say, hey, are you interested in this? Or did you go to them and say, I, I want to throw my, 
my name in the hat in some of these bigger gravel and mountain bike races like Leadville and Unbound. You know, for something like this to work, you have to let the team believe that it was their idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, I mean, I've been jumping into local mountain bike races for years. Like, I, I go to Boulder short track races all the time. Um, you know, living up in Netherlands, like, probably train on dirt roads, like, literally 80% of the time. Um, so, you know, that, that sort of thing was not a, not a stretch at all. Um, but, you know, the team kind of realized, like, if we wanted to, to sort of increase our fan base and pull people into, you know, potentially watching professional cycling and, you know, admiring, you know, what, you know, Tour de France riders are capable of. I'm not saying people necessarily admire myself, but I, I think it's like, I think a lot of people sit around on Strava and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I can do five watts per kilo for four minutes. Like, for sure I could do the Tour. You know, and then they Definitely. show up and yeah. they ride against Lachlan Morton and, like, get their doors blown off. And then Lachlan does Alps Tour and finishes, like, 142nd, you know. It, like, allows people to do the math a little bit. Totally. Um, and put, to start <laughs> putting some context around that. Capability. Put a little context there. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, yeah, we're way better than everybody else. But, we're, like, we just wanted to, you know, sort of help people draw the line there. And, um not only that, but just make ourselves more approachable. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we kind of get hidden from the world and the, you know, world tour team buses, um, you know, and especially as you know, American riders and, you know, like we just basically disappear for months on end and, you know, wonder why people in our hometowns don't support us. You kind of have to come back and, dip your toe in the, you know, the local scene and shake some hands and say hi. And people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. he was but these he races, the are, junior races around here. Yeah, but there's such a cool <laughs> opportunity to create those, like, as a non-professional, but also a fan. Like, it's so cool that there's events that, like, somebody can watch you on TV racing in Europe and then they can go to Unbound and be like, there's Alex Howes up at the start line, like, in the same race as me. Like, that's a really, really cool thing for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's something that was, like, really missing there for a while. I mean, at one point, it was, you know, for a few years there, it was, like, actually illegal for... Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it is actually technically, you know, I don't want to get the UCI on our ass right now, but I think it is actually technically illegal for us to, you know, show up to a few of these things. Um, you know, like, we're supposed... For a while, you had to have permission to do you know grand fondos and you had to have you know expressed written permission and you're allowed to do two a year and it's like what the heck um and then yeah usa cycling you know basically said that we couldn't you know race local pro races and it was it was a mess and it, it really kind of drove this wedge between um local grassroots racing and you know professional racing that I don't know. I, I, I really feel like it you know, turned people off to, to professional racing in a lot of ways. Um, so it's pretty, I'm, I'm pretty happy now that there's a bit of leniency there and um, you know, it's not like we're out doing 120 local races a year. 
um, it's nice to be able to, to show up to a few, few gravel races and, you know, bounce around and get our butt kicked by Colin Strickland and, <laughs> you know, have fun. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the other thing too, is like, that, this is like in a lot of ways what we, what we want to be doing, you know, it's like if we're home, we're training, like, I don't want to be home doing, you know, intervals every four days, like all, all the time, you know, doing all these rides all by myself, especially with COVID now. It's like, I've just been riding the trainer alone, riding outside alone. It's just like driving me bonkers. Um, like when we're home, we want to be with our friends and our family and, you know, our community. Uh, and these races are a great way to do that and, you know, hopefully get a little fitness bump while we're out there. That's great. Um, you, you've mentioned a few times just how hard, you know, how hard it is, you know, you, you disappear for whatever, three or four months you're over in Europe and, you know, people don't know what you're up to. And can you tell us a little bit about just what that's like? A lot of people, you know, on the outside assume it's, oh, your life's so glamorous and how easy it is, but like, it's, it's brutal, right? It's brutal. You know, Whew. you know, you, I assume you live in Girona when you're over there. Is that what you consider uh, the yeah. ba base? More okay. or less. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Can you fill us in a little bit on that? Like, it's yeah. uh, certainly not the easiest thing in the world to do. Certainly not the easiest profession it's, in the world. It's always it's always been difficult, you know. Like you, you're yeah. balancing basically balancing two lives, you know. You're, yeah. You know, you you base in America and you base in in Europe and, um, you know, trying to keep all the puzzle pieces lined up, you know, while you're because you know, I mean you're just kind of in this cycle where no matter where you are you're always away you know yeah. like you're, you're away from europe or you're away from home it's just always away and it's like oh my gosh like it's hard to you know ever feel like you know you're where you're where you're supposed to be because um, you're you're yeah. just constantly trying to check off a boxes off a list you know for a, you know a residence in a, in a separate country um, yeah. so that's, that's always been tough and being away from, you know, family and friends and, um, just what you're used to, um, that that's, you know, certainly, certainly hard, but yeah, with COVID, it's just been like absolutely brutal. Um, you know, last year, last year was super tough. I mean, I was gone for three and a half months. Um, my wife was pregnant. She wasn't able to come over because, you know, they were, yeah. doctors are like look traveling during a global pandemic while you're pregnant like that's it doesn't get much dumber than that so don't do that yeah so i mean she stayed over here in the u.s and i went over there and um yeah that was super tough um and then again this spring you know i was over there for two months and she was over here with the with the baby um and yeah, we're just away, apart the whole time. Um, so that was incredibly difficult. Um, but sometimes you got to just tell yourself, it's like, well, it's job. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you don't really feel like being unemployed during a global recession. Yeah. So I guess I'll keep training and go race. So. Good for you, man. Oh. <laughs> Pete, hey, Pete, we can't hear you. Sorry, I was muted there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's easy to underestimate how 
like everything is so much more work just getting just getting around right where a lot of people have had the luxury of at least just bunkering down like it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck it sucks but we don't need to worry about all this other stuff yeah i was i was thinking about this the other day the the problem with covid is that i feel like you're either not allowed to work you know it's like all right you have to shut down sit in your house you can go on zoom but you know you don't you don't you don't get to really you know you don't get to work or it's like all you get to do is work you know and it's way harder you know it's way harder to do it all you get to do is work you're gonna get a covid test every three days you know you're gonna be away from your friends and family you know it's just like you full on all these new protocols um you know when you're not at the office or at the race or whatever like you're not allowed to see any friends you're not allowed to socialize you're not allowed to go anywhere you're not allowed to do anything because you could catch covid and then you have to come back into the bubble you know so it's like you're either not allowed to work or you all you're allowed to do is work it's like oh my gosh like give me the damn vaccine Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah well hey you know Things are getting better and, you know. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to, you know, make this a sob story. Like, I mean. Oh, no. It's freaking no. sucked. Like, no. don't get me wrong. Like, I, like, crashed the start of Bianchi, lost yeah. a bunch of skin, went immediately into Torino. Like, was, like, limping around, racing. We got a, totally frozen one day. It was, like, oh. sick as a dog after that. Like, laying in my in an apartment in Girona all alone, sipping tea, feeling sorry for myself, picking my scabs. But at the same time, I was like, well, you know what? This sure beats a lot of other things, whether or not you believe it, you know, it's like, yeah. like this is, this is, this could be, this could be worse. Like whether you, whether you want to believe it or not, like this could be a lot worse. And, yeah. you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel here. And, um, yeah, for sure. For I had sure. fun but, racing the Ardennes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you did great. You did awesome. You did awesome. Yeah, can you tell us about that? So you flesh alone, you got in the break. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I mean, the thing the thing is funny is like flesh. I got in the break, but um, you know that's the one that everybody saw. But like I, I felt like I rode pretty well throughout the, you know the 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 whole series of races. We did Brabant's Appeal and. Amstel, Flash, Liege, um, and Brabanzo's riding super well. Amstel, um, you know, I was up there in the final, covering moves and feeling good. And Liege, like, you know, I had to I drop back when things were like really popping off and paced our leader Michael Valgren back up to the field, nice. um, which was <laughs> freaking big effort and definitely uh, cooked my goose, but. You know, I felt like I did something every every race that I was pretty happy and pretty proud about. Um, so I was, you know, I was happy with that. You know, the the results weren't necessarily there, but you know, it also kind of wasn't my job to to get results in those races. You know, we you know team leaders and stuff like that. Um, but the one that everybody sees is the flesh will breakaway that I wasn't even really trying to get into. But yeah. you're, like, you're like, oh well, that's yeah, sweet. Cool, you know. 
Well, you should be satisfied. You had a good spring campaign, you know. I mean, maybe it started a little rough, but you know, you finished on a, on a strong note, and you should be really happy. And you should take this rest period with uh, with a relaxed mind, you know, for sure. Yes, yeah, I, I was happy with how things worked out in the end. There, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain to people that like racing in Europe in the spring. It doesn't matter how good you show up. Like, it doesn't matter how, how bad you want it. It doesn't, like, at least for me, I don't know, like, I think we all kind of have an internal clock, and, you know, some people are just kind of hardwired to be good in the spring, and some people aren't, and I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to matter what I do. I mean, I, this year I had about as bad a preparation as you could have. You know, we had a kid in January. I didn't sleep for, like, two weeks. We had a, you know, a big loss in the family. Um, oh, that's right. and end of February. And, you know, I, I spent like all of February just sitting on the trainer, you know, on the East coast, just staring at a wall, just pedaling, and <laughs> going, going crazy. You know, and it, it really, the preparation couldn't have been any worse. And in the end, like I was pretty happy with how the Ardennes went and like, I really wasn't any better or worse at Pays Basque than years where I did, you know, 110 hours in December and, you know, a hundred, hundred hours in January and like super focused training camps and intervals and efforts in February. It's like, it just, I, I, I hate to say it, but it almost just doesn't matter. No matter what, you're just going to get your ass kicked in the spring. Yeah. Uh, like I can't think of a single spring where, you know, I was at Pays Basque not thinking about quitting cycling, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like just like laying in a head hotel room staring at the ceiling you know i should be happy you know like i just had a massage like i got dinner coming the food will be all right you know and just staring at the ceiling just thinking like what the fuck am i doing with my life like this is terrible like i hate this this could not be any worse yeah you know and then like a week later it just turns around so (laughs) yeah 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 uh pay basket's brutal i used to call it pain in the basque Oh, it is pain, pain in, in the Basque, Basque country. So Basque country, it's in the uh, north, what, western area of uh, Spain in the Basque country. And just, you know, every every day is, looks like, the profile looks like shark's teeth. Just oh, straight up, straight down. Narrow savage. roads. Roads are, like, always wet, so they have a little bit of, like, moss on them. So they're oh, yeah. super slippery. And the Basque riders know, know those roads, like, you know, the back of their hand. And they're going like a thousand miles an hour. Right? It's just brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, it's right. It, and then like, it usually dude, rains, right? Yeah, we got lucky this year. We had one day of rain. Yeah. I've had yeah. I've had day years where it rains every day. I've had years where it rains every day, except for one where it snows. Yeah. Um, you know, I've like I've, it's just had so many bad times in Pays Basque. I mean, I fell into a tree one time there. Oh, like, like flew like off of like a little uh, embankment and like landed up in a tree and had to like climb down. Like it's it's a stupid race. It's a terrible race. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like, sort yeah. of. I don't know. I won the yeah. KOM jersey there one year. Holy but, cow! Yeah, wow. yeah. I was riding around this year thinking like, how did I do that? But even even that year that I won the KOM jersey, there are still moments where I was like, I hate cycling. I want to quit. This is terrible. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. So that's uh, that's just racing in Europe in the spring. Yeah, it's brutal. Do you have an opposite race that makes you feel like you want to be a pro cyclist forever? Uh, 
Yeah, USA Pro Challenge Tour Colorado, whatever that was. Yeah, but that's canceled now. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you now. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, Uh, you won a stage there, didn't you? Um, or yeah, yeah, I won a couple couple Couple. stages. Yeah, yeah. you won in Breckenridge, right? I won in Breck. Um, Where you went by flying by TJ? Yeah, uh, poor TJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I had no sympathy for him at that moment. Um, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was pretty happy about that one, that win actually. I, I mean, that's that that's, win, that was, I was like one. one of my like. I was super proud of that one, just because like, you know, I had, I had, I had that particular stage as a goal in mind, and I'm not like necessarily. I, w- I would classify myself as a disorganized person. Um, like I'm very emotional, uh, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't focus well often. Um, and so for that particular win, like I really sat down, like figured out how I was going to win it, figured out like kind of the training program slash efforts around it. And like spent like a month basically, you know, winning that stage. Um, and then for it to just like totally work out, I was like, man, I should just do this more often. Like that was super, <laughs> you know, and it was, it wasn't really a stage that was you know, tailor made for me or, you know, particularly well suited for my, for my abilities, but, um, made it happen. I was, I was, I was pretty proud about that. Um, but yeah, USA pro challenge. I went to the stage into Denver. That oh, one was, yeah. I was super stoked about that one. I mean, if you could pick a day to win, I mean, I, there was like 10,000 people out there that day. I mean, it's insane crowds. We started in Boulder where I lived. We raced to Golden where I grew up, finished in Denver where I was born. It was like, yeah, this is like, you know, Hallmark Channel kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So, it's awesome. good stuff. Good for you, man. Good for you. Uh, well, it's been fun following, following along in your career, Alex. You know, it's... Um, yeah, you've had a you've had a great career so far, and I think you still have a lot to a lot to do, you know. And I'm excited to watch you kind of on the dirt too, like with the inbound. <laughs> and are you going to try to maybe jump in Leadville again? I know you've done that in the past. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a uh, on the the agenda. Do the uh the Leadville uh-huh. Steamboat Double? Um, they're like you know, one one's right after the other the next day. Um. I'm actually doing a, I got a, I registered, I guess I'll go do it, uh, for a little local mountain bike race here on the weekend over in Bailey. Oh, go, nice. Go, go take a crack at that. See if I can get beat up by some little whippersnappers. Sure, um, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'd like to do a little bit more mountain bike racing just to, one, I have a sweet bike, you know, Cannondale hooked us up with these, you know, like literally top of the line, everything, everything you could ever want, um, mountain bikes. So we could do Cape Epic last year. Um, and then like the day before Cape Epic got canceled and we were on a, on a flight from South Africa back to Colorado, uh, during global pandemic. So, so, so now I have this sweet bike, you know, and nowhere to race it. So I guess I'll be taking to some local races and, uh, See, see if I can get, get go show up. it off. Yeah, yeah, go show it off. So, I love riding a mountain bike, but 
unfortunately it's pounding snow here today so it's kind of yeah. screwing up my plans you have a there's a gravel race in netherlands too right yeah it's a new oh, yeah. new thing this year uh brand new um what is it called now i think it's just ned gravel i think it was dead man right they changed it to ned gravel yeah it was originally dead man um and now it's now it's ned gravel so I don't know if people know much about Netherlands, but we have this festival uh, called Frozen Dead Guy Days because there's a guy up here who is dead. Um, he died a long time ago, a number of years ago. I wouldn't say a long time ago. I think it was in the 90s, maybe? 80s? Uh, yeah, and he, late 80s. he did like a... Basically, he's got... He's, it's the home-cooked version of cryo-freeze. He's in a shed somewhere up here with a bunch of dry ice. Um, and uh, he has some sort of trust lined up where somebody drives up every two weeks and packs a thing with dry ice. And he's, he's dead. <laughs> Seriously, I've never heard this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's dead and frozen somewhere up here. Uh, as soon as the town found out about it, they passed a law saying you can't do that anymore. But uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's grandfathered in and... Yeah, he's he's dead and frozen up here, so now we have a festival for him every year, and people get all cheat up about the frozen dead guy, and, you know, we have, I don't know, festival stuff. They have, like, coffin races and, yeah, uh, you know, sledding events. I've actually never been to it because I've always been in in, uh, in Europe in the spring getting my butt kicked. But someday when I retire, I'm going to go to frozen dead man days. But uh, before then, I'm going to go to Ned Gravel, I guess. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, great town. What is it, 8,000 feet there? 8,200 feet? Uh, I think town's 82. We're at 85. Okay. We're, wow. we're, in, yeah. we're in Nettleland Heights up here. Nice, know. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lived on 2nd Street for a few years there. It was oh, great. Yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. yeah man. I mean, winters are a bit, you know, get a little bit windy and can be cool, but summer, summertime was just amazing. Yeah, everybody everybody talks about the snow. Like, oh, does it snow a lot up there? It's like, yeah, I mean, it snows, but snow, snow, whatever. Um, you know, you can ski or fat bike or do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Take the bus down, but holy Toledo, when the wind blows, man, it blows. <laughs> it really goes. Yeah, and we had yeah. we had a gust up here. What this winter? Uh, I think it was up at Eldora, 126 miles an hour. It's like whoa, that'll whoa. that'll yeah. wreck you. That'll ruin your day right there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't know what we get at the house here, but based on the fact that I need a new roof, I'm sure it's in the triple digits. So yeah. Hey, well, uh, thanks crazy. so much for taking the time to, to speak with us this morning on Monday morning. Yeah, Alex. And yeah, yeah, guys. We know, we know you got a lot to do. You're in your break period and got to fix the roof and everything. Water eater and the dentist and <laughs> child. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, hey, yeah, we appreciate it. Alex. Thanks a bunch uh, for yeah, spending some time with us. Absolutely. Yeah. It was our pleasure. Um, yeah, where can people uh, reach out to you? If they uh, yeah, don't, don't reach out. Don't reach out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't yeah. want to hear what I want to say. Yeah. Um, you want to tell uh, them to just message Lachlan if they want to talk yeah, to you? Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just message Lachlan. <laughs> I think he's got his messages turned off. No, I don't know. You can, you can follow me on the usual uh, stuff. Social, social medias. Uh, Alex okay. underscore house uh, on the uh, Twitter and the gram. Nice. Um, yeah. Or just come up to Netherlands. You'll probably find me riding around out here. Okay. So. Awesome.
Uh, well, hey, enjoy your uh, little mid-season break and uh, enjoy that snow. Maybe yeah, make a few make, make a few turns up at Eldora today. Maybe. Mm, probably not. I got a pretty <laughs> pretty pretty stacked day, honestly. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, maybe I'll, yeah. maybe I'll cut a couple down the down the side of the yard here. Yeah, good. Just good, just good. for uh, just for appearances. Um, yeah, guys, good chatting. Tyler, let me know when you're in town, man. And, yeah, uh, I will. I will. Congrats, congrats to you as well. I, I, that slipped my mind. I remember uh, seeing yeah. a thing, speaking on the gram, saw a thing. Thanks, so, thanks, buddy. Thank you. Dude, I appreciate it's, it. It's a hell of a ride. Make sure you stock up on sleep beforehand. Okay, will do, will do. I'll call you for some tips. Yeah. First two weeks, just write it off. Just write it off. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good to know. Good to know. That's what I've heard. Yeah, you're not going to remember much from that first yeah. two weeks. After after two, it gets all right. But first two, whew. wow, settle into routine. Yeah, I fell asleep on the trainer. Like, oh, I was, I was I was riding, and I woke up, and I was like, I, uh, when did that, that happen? That is so funny. <laughs> That's don't great. use rollers. That's don't use don't go on rollers. Yeah. <laughs> so buy, buckle up if you're gonna ride. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks again, Alex. It's our pleasure, man. Yeah, Alex, have a good a good race this weekend on the mountain bike, and uh, hope hope to see you soon. Thanks for taking yeah. the time. We'll be in touch. See you guys. See, Thanks, see you, buddy. Bye. One last big shout out. Thank you to Alex House for spending a bunch of his valuable time with us. Thank you everybody for listening, for spending your valuable time with us. We greatly appreciate that. We know that there's a lot of really great content out there, particularly in podcasting. And uh, for you to take a little bit of your valuable time to spend with us every week, uh, that just means a whole lot. So thank you for doing so. Again, if you're able to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you find us on, every one of those platforms has a subscribe button. Just press it. That definitely helps out the podcast. And then, of course, by word of mouth. So if you have somebody in your uh, universe that you think would appreciate what we do on the show, we appreciate you letting them know about it. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon.